0: Hey guys, this month, as always, we are sponsored by Caffeine and Legends. You can simply click the link below and use the code FBOM10, that's fbom M one zero for 10% off from anything you buy over at Caffeine and Legends. Every month they have a new box. June's theme is going to be From the Ashes. They also have more than just the subscription box, they also have like cute decorated mugs, and different teas and coffees. So if you are a fan of any of those things, go ahead and check them out. And without any further ado, here's the show. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to Fantasy Book of the Month uh, podcast. I am Rachel and I am joined with Peter. Hello. Schaefer. Hello. And Katie Willis. That's me. Nick uh even uh, general. <laughs> Howdy.
2: You nailed it first try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold on. <clears throat> That's me. Uh, Even Evangel- Jellalista. Nailed
2: it. Second try. <laughs> <A>
1: try. <laughs> I can't. I was so confident and I was like, nope. Anyway, and our oldest me- uh, member, <laughs> Dan Evanson.
3: <laughs> Hello. It's me. I'm most at risk. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> that, age, that joke is going to age very poorly.
3: <laughs> no, in general, just like, the just elderly like are the most at risk. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, you guys are savage.
0: Well, at least he's not enjoying some KFC, which is finger licking good while getting his <laughs> yeah. COVID.
3: I am super bummed that Popeye's is not immediately available anymore.
4: Wait, are, is there, did something happen to KFC?
0: Oh, I just know that they had to take down one of their commercials that was just, like, people licking their fingers. <laughs>
1: oh, that's gross. <laughs> Anyways, this is a good podcast. When I did
4: not notice that at all. <laughs> I hadn't heard about that one.
1: Uh, that makes anyways, sense. this is a book podcast, right, people? Yeah, not chicken. <laughs> Books. Commercials. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so this month's theme is lost and however we interpret that. <laughs> well it's yes. pretty vague.
4: <laughs> lost, confused, maybe dazed. Dazed and confused?
1: No. Yeah, dazed and
4: lost. Classic classic film.
1: <laughs> I I I can the way I interpret it is kind of like a um uh coming of age, kind of.
2: Yeah, you know, I think, like, I mean, it's about, like, a a journey, right?
0: Yeah, like, either to find something that you personally are missing, like, you know, physically or, you know, mentally, if you don't... Someone bail me out here.
4: No, being, <laughs> being lost is a state of mind, right? I mean, there are lots and lots of fantasy books where people go wandering through... Uh, uh, forests or something, and I think often they don't feel lost, they just feel like they're traveling. Yeah,
1: um, they have uh, a purpose,
5: they have, yeah, the they have
4: a direction, they're going somewhere, uh, even if they may not really know where they are. It's it's lost comes from feeling lost, feeling adrift, feeling like you don't know where to go next. Uh,
1: that's why I interpret it as a uh, kind of a uh, coming of age because in the like the first book of the coming of age story the main character doesn't know what the hell he's doing or they're doing at any point in time I feel like
4: often true yeah
0: now I took it a different direction I took it where in my book like things are missing and they have to find them like
1: amnesia kind of no just
2: physical objects like physical lost things. objects mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I was thinking like a uh, memento type.
2: Memento would have been
4: interesting. Okay. So so we have like you know lost uh, lo- uh, being lost through losing your memories, we have lost objects that people are hunting for and we have like lost uh, the the kind of the state of feeling lost, emotionally lost.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh, what about lost innocence like in a
1: trauma uh, I was thinking of a uh, of the other loss of innocence. <laughs>
4: Like like, part of the coming of age sort of story where, Like where banging? You
5: <laughs> I, yes. Or like banging
4: Did you mean
2: like banging? <laughs> I think Rachel meant banging, yeah
5: I meant banging Oh,
2: oh like banging
1: <laughs> Peter, are you okay?
2: I
4: just want to keep saying like banging
0: Like banging
4: Yeah, losing your innocence, like
3: banging <laughs> I don't know what do you, how what do you think, Dan? that relates to Lost how, I, I don't
0: because it's lost. You'll never get it back. But you can uh, keep oh, banging.
3: Okay. <laughs> See what you're saying, yeah. No, that tracks with my own experience. Yes. <laughs>
4: Dan keeps banging. That's that's what I'm oh, getting about this.
3: Let that be our first T shirt merch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have merch? What is this?
4: We should No, we don't. But we should we'll start with Dan Keeps Banging and then like a, a big like Bongo arm drone. going like oh yeah <laughs> oh.
1: god Dan you make the worst sex jokes
4: <laughs> was that Dan
0: <laughs> no but let's blame him <laughs> it's
3: all his fault I'm very Dan old. how I don't dare know what's you happening. say
4: anything about banging
3: uh, I, I, I'm sorry I, I'll, I'll change my ways <laughs>
1: Uh, I guess we should keep recording these at night. We get kind of weird. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> this is these
2: are way better when you all are tired. F bomb after dark. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, what does this sort of, um, you know, this sort of state of aimlessness uh, or you know just lack of direction offer a story? In your guys' opinion. Uh,
1: Brings in an element of fear, I
0: would say. It also makes Dude. it more realistic because nobody knows what they're actually doing in life.
2: <laughs> That's interesting. That's I not think, just me. Um, is
0: it? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. It's, I don't it's not. know what I'm doing.
2: <laughs> no, it's pretty much everybody, and anyone
4: who says it's not is confused. Yeah,
2: I, I always say that the the day you become an adult is when you realize that adults don't know anything either. <laughs> Like you know that moment yes. when you're a kid when you realize Wait a minute everybody's confused Like it's not just me
0: Yeah I Every time I ask my mom something like you know That she would know cause she's You know my mother She's, she's yeah. all knowing and all that good shit She just says google it
5: Right. She doesn't actually yeah. sound like that So,
4: <laughs> so she She kind of She caught up with, with the age And decided to to shuck off All her elderly wisdom onto Google
0: Yep It's great you, What if
4: you Google What does my mom say when I ask her this question
1: <laughs> Oh gosh That would be such a meta search <laughs> um, I feel I think I realized that When I had my first job as a lifeguard and I didn't. No one ever. No one told me the rules to anything. Oh, that sounds horrifying.
4: It does.
1: I had to you use just my shout, logic. No running
4: a whole bunch.
1: Um. Uh, there was the children's section where I'm like, stop running every two seconds.
4: That sounds right.
1: And the mystery poopers. Ew. That's always
2: oh, a my trick. God.
1: <laughs> I don't oh. know how. We're very vigilant of. Children with the poop face, but it still happens. (laughs) We're off to a great start, guys. I had to stand over one; it was very unpleasant. So,
2: would you say you were lost?
1: Yes. (laughs) And how did that make you feel, or
2: or 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 just disgusted?
1: Well, I was very anxious all the all the time because I felt like the bad guy.
4: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's not fun.
1: Because I was because I was the one like enforcing stuff that I was like, this is makes sense. Why do you have a drink in the pool? <laughs> Please don't.
5: <laughs> Were
4: those adults sneaking yes. drinks? Yeah, that it, makes sense. because it's real, real luxurious to have a drink in the pool. That's why.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to clean it out.
4: <laughs> yeah, but they don't care what you want that's true
1: every morning we had to like go through the like lazy river with nets and get everything out of the pool wasn't pleasant that sounds Mm. like a really
2: pleasant job what are you talking about
1: Mm. (laughs) not when not in the first thing in the morning when you immediately get wet and then everything and then your shirt just stays and and you have a cotton shirt so it stays wet all day (laughs) just don't wear a shirt rachel You'll be fine. I was had to. I had the worst tan lines. (laughs) (laughs) I had a tan line that started at my cheeks. What? Oh, because of the visor or hat, whatever. I had a hat, and I was forced to wear sunglasses. (laughs) Oh my
5: goodness!
1: (laughs) I also had a fanny pack.
4: (laughs) Well, that's just fashionable.
1: Yeah. Or the convenience. One of those. (laughs) And I had to. uh, I wore shoes that were easy to, like, they weren't flip-flops and I needed su- I needed shoes that had support but they were also waterproof. So you got Crocs. So I ha-
2: Naturally, right? Yes. Really?
1: Yes, I had Crocs. Not no-no. It was <laughs> like water shoes or some shit. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my job as a lifeguard and was not pleasant. I had more say's when I was a manager than when I was not a manager.
2: Man. <laughs> yes.
1: So... <laughs> Yeah.
4: So, I feel like authors may write characters who feel lost because, especially in fantasy books, it uh, it kind of it ties in, it loops in the reader more easily because the reader is also not a part of the book, um, and a, and a character who feels kind of lost and disconnected from what's going on uh, can can be that reader stand-in character that that helps you understand that helps put you in that in that place of boy this is all confusing and weird and i don't know what's going on and oh my gosh
0: oh it contributes to the immersion
4: yeah yeah well, the immersion or just like yeah, it gives you your your
2: onboarding character so
4: what about the situations
2: um, where you know more than the character though
0: Is this like when you're watching a horror movie and someone goes into the dark basement? <laughs> don't go in there. Yeah, I mean that's
2: a, that's that's an example certainly where you know you you have details of the story that obviously the characters just don't. Uh, a lot of times it'll be like mm-hmm. you know you know the villain's plans, but the oh, okay. but the main character has yeah. no idea what they're heading into. You know
1: that would I would feel like lead to frustration on the reader's part. But some people like that, though. Yeah.
4: I think it builds tension, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It can. It's a technique
2: that needs to be used appropriately.
0: What are some examples of this?
2: The entire series I read for this month.
0: (laughs)
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) I was thinking kind of like the Stormlight Archives, when you get like other people's um, narration. Okay, I have not read those yet.
0: They're on my shelf, they're on my list. I'll get there eventually. I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. They're very long and they're not for they're, they're not for everyone.
4: Yeah, I think I'm thinking of well I would you know without delving too deep into the book that I brought to the table today, I am thinking uh, I, I feel like that technique, I mean, it can probably do a bunch of different things, but I think it can serve to heighten the feeling of the character that we're looking at, the main character or whoever being adrift and not knowing what's going on, because suddenly we, the reader, have more information and we get to watch the the character continue on without the benefit of that information. They still stumble on uh, making Probably mistakes, but things that we may know are even greater mistakes now, um, because because we've we've seen something, we've been let in a little bit past the veil, and they still haven't. So I, maybe it accentuates or, or heightens their feeling of, uh, or our, our feeling of their uh, ineptitude, maybe or or disadvantage, lostness.
1: Yeah. Another way that I was thinking you could take it would be like uh, when a character gets reintroduced to their old society but they have changed. So they don't. That's a good one. Like um, the second book of the Red Queen's War, when Jalen goes back to his home, he's like, This is not how I remember it. This isn't. uh." Right.
4: Yeah, we'll definitely see that in my book today.
2: Or, or like when yeah. uh, when Peter watches Pete's Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> years later. Both of them. Oh my! God. <laughs> That's a little plug for Nostalgia Plus coming up. Um, That's right.
1: Uh yes, I think the the Pete's Dragon is gonna come out much of a quick <clears throat> uh, much before this. I think this is is yeah, might. My- yeah.
2: Um, so back to the sort of example that Katie was bringing up, too, which is the, you know, very literal, like objects are lost and trying to be found. That almost, I feel like, provides the opposite effect to where it does provide direction, even though yeah. those objects could be like a MacGuffin, you know?
0: You're a MacGuffin.
2: <laughs> Do you guys know the term? <laughs>
0: Yes, I, I do. For those of in the audience, <coughs>
2: okay.
0: the audience, what is a MacGuffin? I
2: only I know the term from D anD. d So, um, a MacGuffin is basically an object that has no real value, but it's just in the story. It's just there to drive action, essentially. So, an object that's missing it it doesn't actually matter in the plot, other than it drives the plot forward.
3: So well, it's like, I mean, no. it matters, but. Uh, like the Lord the, the ring in Lord of the Rings Is technically a MacGuffin right Yeah um, I, I mean
2: Arguably I would say Like it actually Directly influences the story And the fact that He could put it on And turn invisible I think a MacGuffin Is a little more uh,
3: Maybe pointless <laughs> But I, but I mean like Let's, let's look our, at a
2: very recent
4: but movie I see what you mean. And look at uh, Sure
3: The Rise of Skywalker Right Oh, that,
0: oh I haven't um, seen it
4: You can skip it It's Should not Should I
0: take my headphones off You,
4: you can Yeah, don't you don't need to? It's not good. Um, uh, They they spend half the movie looking for something they call the Sith Wayfinder, which is just a thing that tells them where they need to go to have the movie next. (laughs) Right. Um,
3: That's a great example. Yeah.
1: That sounds all the things I've heard about Rise of the Skywalker sound terrible.
4: I'm not gonna improve that.
2: (laughs) It's it it's
1: it's it's terrible.
4: Let's suddenly we're a movie podcast. Let's complain about Rise of
3: Skywalker.
1: We're already it's a movie worse podcast. than the books.
3: <laughs> rob, rob, uh,
1: wait, <laughs> books? <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Star Wars books that became there non-canon.
0: <laughs> yes, and Nick's dad doesn't like it because they're not the right canon now.
2: That's right. Oh man,
0: uh,
1: Star Wars. Anyway,
2: but yeah, yeah. so you know, it, but in a way, it seems that like a if you're looking for a specific object like that, it it almost provides the opposite effect from what we were describing before.
4: Yeah, but so, I mean, so Katie mentioned earlier, right, like lost objects um, rather than lost characters, and that like feels like it focuses the plot, mm-hmm. um, uh, like it gives you a direction to go, although interesting, like, so, I don't know, hear me out on this, I'm thinking of, uh, the third book in the Wheel of Time series. Um, uh, I don't remember who's read it or not. I know it's come up. I have. It's not me. Okay.
1: It's it's probably just me. Which one is it? The
5: Dragon Reborn? No, I
2: haven't either. The Dragon Reborn. The third
4: third book is The Dragon Reborn, and that's the one where we follow uh, the main character, Rand, except we almost never hang out with him. He, like, leaves on some kind of mad quest and we mostly spend the book with other characters who are tracking him trying to catch up with him um and so we have kind of a a lost a character who is more of a macguffin than anything else who is lost and everyone else who is looking for him and so like it pulls them you know through the plot of the book And at the same time, everyone feels kind of lost because they don't know where they're going and they're just they're just trying to follow his trail. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah,
1: I was thinking in a different vein. I started watching Dollhouse recently again, Mm. and I think that would that show fits into this theme very well. Oh, that's Uh,
4: interesting. I didn't watch it, but I heard it's what characters who keep getting their minds kind of rewritten, right?
1: Yeah, um, they sign a contract to have their personality wiped from their body and their body be used as, uh, and whatever, what, what basically for anything a rich person will buy for, mm. for, for five years.
2: Is this, um? is that a Joss Whedon? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I, I haven't seen that. I, I love Joss Whedon, it's like old, I watched Buffy and Angel, all of that, but I never got around to Dollhouse.
1: It's weird. It's well, uncomfortable at points because uh, yeah, it sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> because the, per, uh, the like the doll is implanted with the memories, and they really want to do this, but they don't because they're being coerced. I would mm-hmm. into liking this, even though it's not really coercion. I don't know a better word for it, but it's uh, when they're not. It's,
4: it's it's like magical coercion in a way, or it's like. I mean, it's kind of an equivalent of being drugged or something. It's just, it's just yeah. you know, science fiction where you use a mind implant or something.
1: Yeah, but the main character, um, Echo, is, like, lost because she keeps getting, like, flashes of her old life throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, like, collecting those to make a full picture to bring it back to, like, uh, Peter's point.
2: Yeah, you're. You sound, yeah, that's really like psychedelic, sort of. That show is very
3: psychedelic.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's it's an exploration of the abuse of power through trust. Hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's really good. I was gonna suggest that we do it for um, Nostalgia Plus because it's older.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: What? Older, as in like two thousand something.
4: Right. Sorry, that's where my brain <laughs> short circuits.
1: Well, I think of Firefly, which is from the very early two thousands, like two thousand three, but that was actually came after Firefly.
4: It did. It did. That's why. I, yeah, I was aware of it because because I'd hooked into Firefly.
1: And it's actually after Buffy as well. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, back. To, not to, this is not a TV show podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i don't know it's just um i just what, wonder what's
3: the uh what's the best way for the lost sort of story to pay off like does do okay you, do you feel like is there ever a good time for the oh. person not to find what they're looking for and have that be a satisfying ending ever
5: uh oh,
1: has man. anyone played the game layers of fear nope no it's like you're collecting their memories through like paintings and you're slowly collecting the story but there's different endings for what you do so interesting so you cannot get the full picture oh that's weird hmm. yeah or you get I, a different picture
3: <laughs> i mean what made me think of it was um the book uh annihilation i think that they, they made that mm. into a movie and Mm-hmm. Uh it's a very strange story where by they the end watch. the person did not find what they were looking for and um I hated that book I hated it <laughs> <laughs> So it it, it it it's a lot of cosmic horror in that um uh it, and so there's a lot of like uh, you know uh, You see the the monsters But like they're so terrible Like they can't be described And I'm like no please describe them I came here <laughs> to read <the> <laughs> To your read book. your descriptions yes <laughs> Yeah to, to give, give it a shot buddy You know
1: <laughs> I feel like it works better in other media That's not books Well so I mean I think
3: it, Yeah it sort of depends
2: I feel like because You know they might not Find what they're looking for but if they find Something else
4: Well, and that's interesting. I mean, so um, Dan brings up uh, an interesting thought uh, with the words cosmic horror because I think, um, I mean, uh, Lovecraft is the the quintessential name in cosmic horror. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of his stories, you know, feature characters who are out of their depths or lost in some fashion and Mm -hmm. overwhelmed with what's going on or increasingly confused and I think a lot of them end in ways that are internally unsatisfying, um, but hopefully satisfying in some way to the reader, right? Like the the person whose journal we've been reading devolves into madness and disappears, um, or I don't even know what else, right? It's just... It,
3: it, yeah, like maybe the the author wrote it with the idea that like well you came here to be entertained and have a story if my character i can still give you that entertainment and tell you a story even though the character isn't going to find what they're looking for the reader hopefully gets the enjoyment out of that the same although i find that that's very difficult to pull off well and and lovecraft especially you know you can read a lot of those and not feel necessarily entertained, but you know, you did come up with the story. You know, yeah, something we're well, talking I, I about agree. Anyway. It's
4: hard to do, which is why I think people don't try it very often, right? I think they they instead lean towards a more satisfy a more inherently satisfying resolution of you know something gets resolved in a positive way. Yay, everybody's happy, or at least somebody's happy.
1: You know,
2: I also feel like Lovecraft is like known for his being like a genre or like a, a style, not so much like being a good writer.
3: Yeah.
4: Do you know what I mean? I know what you're saying. I I have it's, I need to go back and reread Lovecraft and see what I think about that. Um
2: I don't think I've ever heard him described as like a literary genius or anything like that. It's just that people are like, "Yeah, he wrote some really weird shit." (laughs) I mean,
4: weird, but also enduring.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, And there's there's quality to that too. Yeah.
1: Um, I I have a feeling it's kind of like I'm gonna get shit for this, but like the uh, game before the ending of Game of Thrones, everyone's like, "No one's gonna be happy with the ending of Game of Thrones." And then no one was, so everybody was happy
0: that they were right. <laughs> well, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> the satisfaction
4: comes
2: from b- no being correct that you would not be satisfied. Well, <laughs> It was a tricky situation where everybody knew all of the twists and you could either do exactly what everyone expected or not. And either way, people were going to be upset. Yeah.
1: Or you can do what Game of Thrones did and then destroy it. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I actually it's haven't. Right. I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I just it, um, read. It's, it's all right.
2: George R. R. Martin's not going to finish. There's no way.
1: I have a dislike for it because of uh, personal reasons. Totally
2: That's totally fair. fair. There's a lot of reasons to dislike it. I I, I have entirely impersonal reasons to dislike it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and it's not personal reasons. I just don't like the rapiness of everything.
4: That's fair. I yeah, in fairness, you. I think that pretty a fair. lot of
2: those were included in the show and they were not in the book.
3: Mm, mm the book's pretty rapey.
2: No, 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 absolutely. I know. I'm I'm particularly thinking of the the one. <laughs> oh, on the coffin.
0: What? What? Fu- <laughs> at
2: the funeral? What?
0: Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
2: believe so. Yeah. Well, oh wait, no, that one too. Yeah, you're right. That was also not in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read oh, the book. It was,
3: well, it, it, was <laughs> it was but it wasn't Raping. The way it was depicted is uh yeah, a little more creepy than it was in the book, which I is was saying a lot cuz t- it's sex in, on a child's coffin, so.
2: Yeah, I was talking about the Sansa one. Oh, that <laughs> oh, one.
1: Oh yeah, okay. That, that coffin it, thing. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, Game of Thrones no good in that way.
0: Mm. Uh, Are there any
5: <laughs>
2: characters in those books or or show, I suppose, that
4: you would that you would look at and say that character feels lost?
1: All of them. Arya no, in the I beginning Arya, yeah, for a good portion of it Bran,
0: yeah. after, especially after he l- lost the use of his legs But then he's like wandering <laughs> the wilderness for a lot, isn't he?
2: Mm-hmm. But he's always going somewhere, he has a direction, you know?
4: I, I don't know, I think I think there's truth to that Bran spends uh, some large chunks of the books Just kind of puttering around Winterfell Not... Uh, You know not knowing what should come next
0: And what about Rickon doesn't he just like Go off into the forest and is Never heard from again
4: I think he goes Crazy
2: well he lives on He lives on an island with unicorns And cannibals
0: I thought he died
2: Yeah they haven't gotten There in the books yet but that's that's where he is
0: Oh naturally Of course yep (laughs)
2: yeah
0: I'm just telling you unicorns I'm just telling you what's fact
2: I'm just spitting facts here John oh man.
1: Jon Snow, <laughs> throughout the entirety of the series, he. Yeah, it's because he knows just, nothing, Jon Snow.
2: Just Kit Harrington's eyebrows, just <laughs> super confused all the time.
1: I don't know. I personally find Jon Snow such a boring character. <sighs>
2: Uh, yeah, I hear that a lot. He's my favorite character, but that's fine.
1: Mine's cool.
5: I know it's okay. Mine's Arya, so you can make fun
4: of I, I personally find Nick Evangelista the, the, such a boring character. That's also true. It's okay. Oh. You know,
1: you, I like Arya for no other reason that I like her aesthetic. So you can yeah, make fun of that. A, that she's, she's a, a grimy a, child.
2: She's an underutilized badass. Uh, but this is not the Game of Thrones podcast. I'm sorry. As no, I'm sure I'd there are a talk. bunch of I could of talk about Game of Thrones all day, but I don't want to. Yeah. Me no, neither. I'd... Yeah. Um, should we just jump in? What do you think?
1: I've been talking for 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's you... going to be a
2: late night for us guys. <laughs> you start us. All, all right, Nick, you said it. Jump in. I'll jump in. All right. Um, I'm actually really excited to talk about this book because I've been wanting to talk about this series since... Before this podcast existed, is it okay, Game of here's Thrones? My man, Dance, Dance, it's not.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can you imagine
2: how dickish that would be?
1: I <laughs> <laughs> no. mean, Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, no, yes.
2: Yeah, it's Book actually a lot. Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> no, um, it is the Ascendant series by Craig Allenson.
5: Hmm.
2: hmm. Um, three books, trilogy. The first one, Ascendant, Transcendent, and Deceptions. They broke um, the pattern, though. Yeah, I know. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, "Why do you do that?" <laughs> I don't. So
1: it, it's like I don't um, like that. It's like the
0: Divergent series. Well, Divergent, s- Insurgent, Allegiant. I'm reading those right now. Actually, I'm on the third one. Sorry, keep going. Uh, You're great. Are they good? <laughs> they're no. well. They, they certainly
1: just, are. Lost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> first, first one is good. The second one is meh I didn't I, finish the third one. I can't help
2: but think that they're just a Hunger Games ripoff. I mean,
1: yeah, that was the era. I mean, there's nothing wrong that with that,
2: I guess, but There's nothing wrong with that
1: I like the first one It so kind of did some fun, fun stuff But anyways, your books Yes, Ascendant
2: Yeah, so um, This series is uh, Definitely like a coming of age story for sure um, This is actually Of every book I've ever recommended on this podcast Like, this one is the one That everyone should read, it's so I love it um, should, more, That's some genuinely, high praise yeah, no, genuinely, like, this is, um...
1: Are you gonna gift it to us, Nick?
2: <laughs> uh, you want me to? I can do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, I was making a joke.
2: <laughs> um, the story follows a uh, young boy named uh, Corin Bladewell, and, um, you know, right off the bat, he is, uh, sort of despised in his home village. Everyone calls him a jinx because bad things keep happening around him. Um... And his family, uh, you know, his his family are farmers, but they're fairly prosperous farmers because his dad is like a really, uh, you know, really hard worker and uh, really smart guy. But, you know, even with all this, they still get chased out of town. They have to give up everything. They uh, reach a village and he gets separated from his parents and. He thinks that. They have left him behind because he's a jinx, and now he thinks even his parents don't love him and left him.
5: Um, harsh. Yeah,
2: the reality is his parents were killed while he was also gone. harsh. Yeah. yeah. Um, he and it turns out he's he's wandering in the forest by himself, and um, his I guess jinxness uh, ends up saving the princess of the kingdom saving her life from bandits. And uh, as he gets brought back to the kingdom, it turns out that he's a wizard. Uh, And in fact, the most powerful wizard the kingdom has ever seen. But the kingdom is at war with an evil, dark wizard sort of force. And they're not doing well in the war. They're losing. And so the, the head wizard of the uh kingdom of Ter uh Teridor, uh takes on Corin as his um essentially like his apprentice his, no his assistant I guess to like clean up after him and all that because he realizes that he can't tell Corin that he's a wizard if what if oh, the boy knows if the boy knows he's a wizard he'll start using his magic at some point and then the dark, uh, dark wizard who's trying to kill them will find him and will use his power against them. And since the boy is so powerful, he's essentially he could be a weapon against them. Mm-hmm. So the wizard's trying to protect him, uh, but by being a wizard, uh, he should, by right, actually be like a noble. So at this point, he's lost his parents to a lie. He's lost his uh, chance at like nobility to a lie. And this, the series essentially just builds on this, just lies after lies after lies that, um, you know, the reality is he is very, very important and very good. He's genuinely a good person, but everything seems to be working against him because everybody's lying to him. Nobody is nice to this kid. They're all doing it, not in a malicious way necessarily, but...
0: Doesn't that almost but, make it worse?
2: Yeah yes. it does And I'm- by the second book he leaves Because he thinks that um, He thinks that even the queen Now hates him and thinks he's a jinx And He thinks it's better if he just leaves everyone behind And as he's out Journeying by himself he Finally discovers the truth About uh, himself And eventually the truth about his parents And um, it's, it's just a phenomenal uh, sort of coming of age story That I just really really love
4: Well with that recommendation I will surely look it up
0: Yes how uh, old, You can definitely find out. How long ago was it that you first read this
1: I'm I'm just curious
2: Over a year ago
1: um, Nick do you just like wizards named Corrin
2: Yeah so that is a thing uh, There was a point where Three books in a row that I read Had a character named Corrin in them And I was like what is going on can we stop with? The, it's like this trends name? in naming your babies. Yeah, it's exactly like that.
1: You should just um, uh, you should play Fire Emblem Fates. Don't. It's bad. <laughs> you know, no. Wow. Is everyone okay. named Corin? <laughs> uh, the the char- your character you play is Corin. The yeah.
2: Yeah. What about in, uh, Super Smash it. Fire Emblem? <laughs> the new game.
1: Is, is,
4: like, is Corin show up in that?
1: Yes. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I Super
2: Smash Brothers is great, so yeah. I genuinely highly recommend this. Um, I think the you know, so the big thing throughout this series is that you constantly know more than Corrin does. and you you follow a couple characters throughout, I believe, but but um, you constantly know more than Corrin does and seeing him go the wrong direction because of these misunderstandings. I don't even necessarily want to call them lies. A lot of times they're just misunderstandings. Um, but, but this, this as, misinformation, uh, so yeah, watching him go because of this misinformation does what? Well, it, it leads him to false conclusions, and then he takes action on them. For example, leaving the kingdom, he thought that um, it would be better for everyone if he just left. But the reality is that it was safer for everyone for him to have stayed.
4: But what, So what does that do for you as the reader? What do you feel... As you
2: go through that I wouldn't say frustration I would definitely say tension The whole time It really kept me uh, I guess at the edge of my seat I was You know And and seeing how he Still ended up uh, On the right path at the end I think Sort of uh, it, It It had the right Sort of ending to satisfy You know what I mean Whereas like what Dan was talking about earlier, where if they just never, if they're just lost and they never get anywhere, it can be frustrating. Yeah.
4: If they don't become unlost, if they only get loster.
2: Yeah. And and I would really say that it isn't really until the third book where it does get satisfied. But, you know, it's it's definitely a journey and it's a trip. And um, it's almost like if you're interested in like political intrigue type, it almost hits that same note with the deception on top of deception on top of deception. Like, mm-hmm. not, it's not really politics in that same way, but it sort of has that same, uh, it fills that same spot. Uh,
1: I kind of, I, I want to make a note about, like, payoff kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this. Um, so, you know the Percy Jackson series, right?
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There, there is a spinoff series which follows Magnus Chase, which is Annabeth Chase's cousin. And I want—I haven't read it because it was kind of just like it. It came out too late for me to enjoy, kind of. Um, oh, like you out, you outgrew that genre or whatever. Yeah, but I kind of wanted to read the scene where Annabeth told uh, told her cousin, who is the son of a North Norse god, "Hey, welcome to my life. My life was shit." <laughs> Cause like um, Annabeth's story is really bad it Tell her, uh, Cause she ran away when she was seven and then Yeah watched, I
2: remember that series a little bit
1: It's like she ran away from she was seven And then watched her friend die And turn into a tree <laughs> What?
2: Oh man
4: we've all been there Yeah it's well, very cause, relatable
1: <laughs> Cause Thalia is like 12 And Annabeth is seven And Thalia gets killed And her dad's like Nope free time and this is still seven which down, idols- down,
2: down, down. You know, did any of you guys read the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks
0: yes no wait I I you finish it wait no nope, never mind is that
2: the one with the
4: like the Primark or something where you're the... weaving different colors of light I essentially I read a different Lightbringer.
2: yeah yep um I just finished the fifth one the last one in the series and mm-hmm. if you want to talk about payoff I feel like uh, without spoiling anything uh, I thought it was just incredibly underwhelming.
1: I think that's a common uh,
5: theme. I, 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 I was
4: told, yeah, I was told when, when the book w- was recommended to
2: me that the first book is great, the second yep. book's okay, and then yeah. after that, it's just not worth it. I actually think they were, I liked all of them until the fifth one because they literally introduce you to God and uh, th- every single, like, stakes... That were in, in play the entire series Don't matter anymore Like people are just brought back to life Their limbs are restored All sorts of You know it just huh. It's like God just comes in and saves the day literally So
4: It's deus, the Riverdale it's, machina,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's the It's it's the definitive deus ex machina I mean It seems pretty stupid uh, So So how satisfying
4: Is just uh, The first book Because this is a thing I always look at with Um trilogies or series is uh am i going to feel happy that i read a book when i finished just that book cuz you said like the third book is where uh he starts to get around in front of uh those mi- that misinformation those confusions and starts to find some resolution for that so like how do we feel as readers at the end of the first book are we floating kind of without being getting tied down or do we have some something satisfying to wrap the book with
2: yeah i would say each like book definitely has sort of a a major plot line that gets resolved at the end of it okay that's great but it is definitely like a lot of questions are still left unanswered or you can tell that there's gonna be more
0: that's something that like brandon sanderson does isn't it where he the first book he wants it to be like like it could work as a standalone And then he just adds on with the other books I think I've read that somewhere
2: Yeah I mean I think that's the way it should be done
5: Yeah
0: you know? Otherwise you're just roped in Almost out of obligation To finish the series Or trilogy
2: Yeah. Do you, th- what's, that ser- uh, what's that book that we I, A lot of us had to read it in school Where everybody sees black and white But uh,
1: the, Giv- was, Lowry, the, the Giver yeah, th- I've never yeah, read the Giver.
2: it did you know The Giver is a quartet?
1: Yes, I've never read it, but I know it's a quartet.
4: I knew none of those things, and I haven't read
3: it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked the, the to end, find that. The it ending was. of the first one is really bad, so there needed to be more. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, um, I, I was shocked to learn it was a quartet, because we read it in school, and it seemed like a standalone book. Um, and nobody ever made mention of the fact there were three more to, mm. to finish it up.
1: Yeah, I didn't read it. I I didn't read it at school, or was not forced to read it at school? But I read it in school.
0: I think that should be one of our themes: books that we were that like everybody reads in school, but we never got to. No, because I, I never like... read To Kill a Mockingbird.
2: Well, I was a terrible student, so that what? would be every book.
4: They also <laughs> don't. Uh, they also don't assign a whole lot of fantasy books. That's
1: true. I, oh, that's I good did point. read. Um, Percy Jackson and I was forced to read Percy Jackson for school. Really? Yep.
5: What?
0: Your school sounds pretty cool.
1: No, it was the Beach Program, like the Gifted and Talented Program. It really like, called oh. Beach. Beach. It was called Beach. Don't Be- remember what the acronym was. Yeah, beach.
2: beach like that. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I had to take it. Tw- uh, I had to take a t- test twice a year because to get into that program
4: beyond education and challenge heights
1: i don't know sounds, we did a lot good. Of, sounds good sounds good but we read Esperanza are rising uh rule of thunder hear my cry lightning thief um can't remember any other books you read oh i read like freckle whatever frindle oh, frindle yeah <laughs> i'm not sure how i got that out of freckle but i got you it's this because be
5: so the kid. Cook, on...
1: Katie. <laughs> oh shucks! It's because the kid on the cover has freckles. I think. Yeah, and
0: he's holding up a pen, and he's, yeah. a, he's a little ginger kid.
4: So why didn't they call it Pen?
0: Because it's that's because the point. He renamed it's... it to a Frindle.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh. <laughs> that.
5: So... Read the book,
1: Peter.
3: Duh, Peter, duh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. I also I feel like mistake.
1: there might be a gap of books that we. That are like assigned in because of age.
3: Yes. You mean like we're missing a generation in our, our breadth of age here?
1: Yeah, like I never read um I never read any of the classics. Like Uh The only classic Like that Lord I think of I've the
4: read...
0: Flies?
1: Oh I've never had yeah. to read that either.
4: I read I Lord of the read... Flies. I know all about the conch.
1: I've never read the uh, Lord of the Fries, uh, A Catcher in the Rye. Never read it. Um,
4: I didn't read that one either.
1: I think the only classic I'm doing co- quotation marks that I've read are like um, the Scarlet Letter. I've never read that. read that one either. So
4: this is an audio medium. So when you do uh, a word in quotation marks, you have to make it really uh, vocally obvious. So when you you know the only classic that you yeah. had to read,
1: yeah but I also read I also read Beowulf you read what Beowulf oh I read that for British Lit
2: that's my girlfriend's favorite book weird (laughs) yeah I agree really weird
0: (laughs) you guys were devolving again Um, Uh, I'll go next
2: well I I guess I'll, I'll just like wrap up and say like um one of the other things that was really cool about the series is that there's this overarching plot about this like dark uh, force out there that might destroy them all but that's not even what the book is about really it's just about this kid and I think okay. that's ultimately what I find really enjoyable about it it stays personal yeah
4: that's really cool that's, it usually so, makes
2: for better books yeah, yeah. it's just it, you know so uh, it was the Ascendant series uh, by Craig Allenson you can find it on Audible uh, and it is great
1: okay I can go next.
2: Okay. Rachel.
4: So,
1: I will, I read the first book in the Cradle series. I've actually read all of these, because I, there's seven of them in total so far. I think the author plans for 15. They're oh. really short. They're really short. Oh, okay. They're, they're like, um, the audiobooks are about like eight to 11 hours each. So, Not bad. Uh, I read them all in nine days. Cool. <laughs>
2: Um, Wait a minute You said you, there were seven of them? Yes Okay so you listened to like 70 hours
1: 77
2: Yeah In in, in nine, nine days.
1: days Yeah I it's mean like,
2: that's possible No it's possible I just worry that you're not <laughs> sleeping
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I went to bed at two in the morning when I was <laughs> reading the last one
2: Must have been really good
1: <laughs> Yeah it's very good popcorn literature it's um, progressive fantasy, so it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's not like uh, this great literature masterpiece, you know what I mean? <laughs> what does it's progressive
4: a, fantasy mean to you in this context?
1: Um, it's uh, the the way it's defined on Reddit, and the because they have their own like little subreddit for progressive fantasy. It's like gain, uh, there is like defining gaining uh power points or leveling, leveling up points. Like, in this series, uh, every, uh, there's sacred artists, and there's different levels Levels of sacred artists. Like, the lowest level you can be is foundation, then there's copper, then there's iron, jade, I gold. I see. So the,
4: the, the characters specifically kind of level up. Yes. Got it.
1: Through um, And the leveling up is exponential. Oh. Well, because there's going to be less people on the path of, like, um, an uh, arch lord versus a gold sure um and it's harder and harder because you got to battle people who you are the same level as to gain more power it's very well, video game-esque yeah i was gonna not, say it
4: sounds very gamey
1: it's very gamey i really liked it because it was just really fun and uh, i love the dynamic between um linden and Yaren, and his best friend and as they're going through the world just trying to be the biggest badasses they can can be. (laughs) Um, As I was reading the series in the first two after the first the two hour mark of the first book it's like oh my god it's a space opera why are we in space? (laughs) Was that a surprise? (laughs) Yes because we're all in this like, like Chinese world and then oh why am I in space why am I on a different planet now? oh God, <laughs> this world is so much bigger than I thought it was going to be.
4: And so, so how did I, it feel? Is it so big that you felt lost? or
1: Yes. Uh, so the way this would connect to the lost feeling, it's in the beginning, you have um, Weishi Linden, who in his world is considered a cripple. He doesn't have affinity towards one of the four um, major uh, factions of being a sacred artist, He's not a striker or a um, soul uh, soulsmith. So he is basically shunned by his community and treated as a cripple because they think he cannot pro- provide for the, his clan.
4: Sure. You don't have powers, so you're not worth anything.
1: Yeah. This system is very based on strength and honor. Like, uh, it's very much in his world the strong don't normally attack the weak physically because they can kill them very, very easily. But Exponential it,
4: power and all that.
1: Yeah. Like, um, iron, uh, when you achieve iron rank, you have an iron body that can, like, punch through a wall and some, uh, like, you get superhuman body strength. Okay. Uh, like, it's said many times, like, he climbs a tower, he's like, God, I wish I had an iron body. I can't breathe! As he's climbing up steps.
4: But you. Oh my uh, gosh. But you don't. You don't trade that in for gold body when you get to the gold rank.
1: No. uh, Because that's softer. You get. uh, It's. It. You get a better body when you uh, achieve uh, underlord.
4: (laughs) Oh. Okay.
1: Like, uh, as the system, uh, there's like the lord ranks where you get. uh, Once you go into underlord, you get an entire. Your body is entirely remade in soulfire. So, like, and there's three ranks of that, and then uh, we don't know what happens after Lord Rank. Alrighty. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to read a fun little uh, tidbit, tidbit that somebody ha- used to describe Unsold. A young ho- a hobo beats up children, steals everything <laughs> that's not nailed down, <laughs> and makes it run for it for in- to another country.
2: I love <laughs> it. Is that the first book?
1: Yes, that is the first book.
2: Well, suddenly
4: i sounds
5: intrigued. like every
2: D anD D campaign I've ever played, right? Uh,
1: because he um, he compensates for his lack of ability by fe- figuring out how to cheat, <laughs> and sure. no one likes it for him because it's uh, the society is based around honor, and um, he's he, many of a time he's like, "You are the most dishonorable fighter ever." He's also a hoarder, and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like he's carrying around this giant pack He's like I can use this someday
0: Oh I had a and d character like that I ended up like With a whole bunch of goblets Six hammocks uh, <laughs> Different body parts from creatures I've killed
4: Oh yeah Oh yeah No me too <laughs> I, I, I had a big you know bag of holding Or no no I, I ended up with a cloak full of You know bag of holding pockets And I I had just carried everything around in there, including like a suit of armor that that was made for a minotaur. We'd never met a minotaur, but I was like, just in case.
1: (laughs) It's like in the first few books, it's mentioned many times. It's like he's carrying around this giant bag of things and then they're mostly useless. But he's like, I can make them into bigger things. So does that (laughs) does that often pan out? Um, he, later he become, he's becoming more of a, like, um, uh, enchanter type character. Oh, like, uh, like an artificer? Yeah. That's, like, his dream job is to be an artifice. Um, because, uh, his mom is an artifice and he's like, I really want to be just like my mom. But the way uh, the way I think it connects to Lost is because, especially in the first book, he doesn't know what's going on, he's kind of just like, I have to leave because no one likes him. <laughs> uh, I will say, in the first book, you'll hate the majority of all the characters, because they're all dicks. Yay! But they never show up again. <laughs> <laughs> because once they he gets out of his own country he realizes oh god the world is huge. Okay, let's go. <laughs>
0: wow.
1: It, so it,
0: it's kind of go ahead. Okay, so he like he hates his home setting and then when yeah. he leaves he gets happier and he does he like find
1: himself. Yes, he like f- he finds out that he's not actually crippled. His town is just like terrible at teaching oh
3: wow
0: that's heartbreaking
1: yeah um and uh that actually if you go out into the world there's like people he's that's so much like exponentially stronger than anybody in his original village or valley um but like i would say he's lost because once he gets out into the world his only uh he doesn't know what's going on at any point because everything is just so different from what he's used to.
5: Makes yeah. sense.
1: Lyndon is a sweetheart, and I love him. It's nice.
4: It's, it's, uh, it might be it, it could be. I could find it hard to read um, uh, a book where everyone's an asshole, but it's nice the main character isn't because I definitely read a book last year where the main character was an asshole.
0: Was it The Magician's?
4: No, I read that several years before that. Um this was something like the 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 Quest of the Winter Wizard or something like that. Um a little self-published thing that needed several more editing passes. Um <laughs> but the the oh, main was, character was just an arrogant jerk. Was
1: this, was this the book you were ta- talking to me about Peter?
4: I think it might have been, yeah. Okay. Um he was just an arrogant jerk, and that never changed. Like it, it didn't even seem to occur to the author that that should have been a thing for him to grow out of.
1: Yeah, um, and this one, and this one, Lyndon starts off because he's been beaten down by everyone. He's more uh, the way he acts is he's very subservient to everyone mm-hmm. because he knows he's less. And then he's as the series grows, he becomes more confident in himself. Um, Yay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Yerin, an outsider, he becomes best friends with, and their relationship is very cute, and I was, I love them to death.
3: <laughs> so what was the name of this book?
1: It is uh, The Cradle Series by Will White. The first book's called Unsold. I will say they have the most terrible covers ever.
4: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we did see those covers from those, uh, was it, the Circle of Magic books that I read. <laughs>
1: Hold on, you have to see. These are worse. Okay,
4: hold on. I haven't. Aren't these ones here. just
1: like really boring? Um, I look look up Black Flame because that has the worst cover. All right, images. Here we go.
0: Black Flame. Yeah, Black Flame. One word. I will. What?
2: Uh, yes. Oh my God.
0: What? What is it? Is it like a
1: heart? It looks like no, a heart it's a, it's a black flame It looks I fuzzy can't,
2: I, I can't read half the text
1: Yeah
2: <laughs> I literally can't read it
0: Author o oh, oh, smith
4: Oh that's ugly
0: <laughs> The other yeah, colors don't look so bad
3: well, they all have this motif of like some sort of symbol or object is pretty much in the middle of the picture, and that's all that there is.
4: I mean, like most of them look, you know, okay, right? Like here's here's some kind of imprint or or emblem. Um,
0: that's just terrible.
4: But black flame is just this. <laughs> <dove>. <laughs>
2: did you did you just see the same one I saw? I don't know. I'm just still looking at this. (laughs) Cradle Volume 6 Oreo Lord. Oreo Lord? (laughs) It's just a giant Oreo cookie on the cover. (laughs) Somebody had a fun time with this.
1: This, this. Are you
4: seeing a a, a Photoshop?
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's a meme. It's a meme. There's a lot of memes in this series.
3: (laughs) Who's Will White that he is like... My name should be the largest part of this cover, also. <laughs> he,
1: because he's self-published, so he's allowed to do whatever he wants.
3: I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, that is the rule. There, I love oh, there's also
1: the... <laughs> in later series. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. And then later in the series, there's bloopers in the back of the book. Wait, there's
4: really? Oh, you know, like like things from <laughs> earlier revisions that got cut out?
1: No, it's kind of like the like world. End of Toy Story Two. It's like. But it's, uh, like, this thing should happen. But every time, like, the, in, in character, the character's saying this, it, uh, I think I should do this, but every time I think about it, I hear half uh, a mysterious screaming in my head. Wow. <laughs> oh my <gosh. laughs> so it it's gets... Like, oh, my goodness, that's...
0: Who would think to I, do that?
4: I'm intrigued by the <laughs> idea of bloopers at the end of, of a book. That's, that's pretty... That could be pretty funny.
3: Here are all the cringy sex scenes I couldn't bring myself to write, except I did, and here they are. Oh God,
1: <laughs> nope. Change my they're mind. Not, I'm, I'm they're a, not I'm, I'm cringy out. sexy. They're kind of like um,
3: really good sex scenes. Okay, all right. I'm back oh, in, that's here, good.
1: <laughs>
3: Oh yeah. This is Dan's the bow. Way, no, this is
1: the, the bow my mother's na- uh, used to kill this so and so and so. Its name, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> right. <laughs> It, 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 like the narrator says that in like the most serious voice ever it's really great oh my
4: gosh oh but you're of course you're listening to it
1: yeah so that so, makes
4: more sense bloopers at the end
1: yeah i don't know if they're in the actual books cuz i only own the first two i see on, in physical
4: okay i'm suddenly less mystified and entranced by this idea
1: I will say, Peter, you might not like it, because I don't remember, because the first three books are kind of like a trilogy unto itself, so I don't remember if the book, first book ends satisfyingly. If a single book.
4: Okay. Well, that's, that's fair. That's the way it happens sometimes.
1: Well, I think it's justified, mainly because they're so short. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, if I read
4: it in five minutes, I'm not going to be all that worried about the time that I lost.
1: Yeah. Well, not five minutes.
4: Five hours.
1: Pro- probably about three. Okay. So, 300
4: We'll just about average three. the
1: two. Yes, it's two. That's not how averages work, Peter.
4: No, well, it's close. Close to how averages work. <laughs> it's, it's, it's approximately how averages work.
1: You can't be less than the number that the lowest number you average to.
4: Five minutes and five hours.
1: Okay. Uh, if you read about 100 words per minute, 100 words per hour, it's about... Or 100 pages per hour. It's about three hours, I would say.
4: Okay. This yeah. is important information. This
3: math <laughs> podcast is really great
1: for to,
4: to. <laughs> oh. Brought to you by Square One. <laughs> um, or is that a reference but, that only Dan and I
3: get?
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a reference
3: only we get. Oh, my God. <laughs> Call the math police.
1: Uh, uh, math net. Anyways, so it's kind of akin to... Um, uh, anime uh, Hunter x Hunter or Hunter x Hunter. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Got it. Got it.
3: Yeah. Stories right. of
4: fib, but the problems are real. Sorry, that's a yeah. that's an old reference for bad, mostly. <laughs> you,
1: I will it's, say you will not like it's it. Working. If you, <laughs>
4: <laughs> what with that? Things, I won't like it if what?
1: Things keep yeah. things just keep getting bigger. If you like finite things, this is not finite. It just mm. keeps getting bigger. Well, I feel like
3: this is, genre has a name uh, from, China, from China. Yes, from like, uh, Wuhan.
1: It's it's cultivation fiction. <laughs> no.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Wait, cultivate. Hold on. I want the I want the actual answer. What was that Sorry. cultivation?
1: Yeah, it's cultiva- It's a series of cultivation, but I can't pronounce the the Chinese word for it. Oh. But I will not try because it's very. Uh, but it's ba- basically like Oh cultivate. but you went ahead
2: and tried my last name <laughs>
1: No problem there
2: You're Listen, here
5: I can make well, fun but of you No what do you mean
4: you're she tried she nailed Your last my name, name
3: but <laughs> Nick Evangelion dyslexic, is a okay? good name
5: but... <laughs> Did
2: you just say Evangelion
3: <laughs> Yeah Nick Evangelion is the best Name from the 90s That there is what, so. When I was in Japan so many people called me that Because they
2: didn't even want to try
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: it's That okay. is, that I is get, your name now uh, I'm sorry Anyways, but uh, it's cultivation Where uh, you just keep Cultivating power to become God or become the most perfect being Yeah Oh, I thought yeah. you meant like world building It keeps getting bigger and bigger Also that, it just like We get space at some point Oh, oh <laughs> goodness
3: So it's like Dragon Ball Z um,
1: Kind of yeah. yeah, I
3: mean all that stuff is based on like the monkey uh, Myth you know monkey king yeah the monkey king
1: journey to the west
3: yeah uh really the like before journey to the west right well, or is monkey part king, of
1: the monkey king
4: journey part of, to the west um it's really it's a surprisingly like small part of the journey to the west books
3: he just keeps finding people and stealing their magical artifacts and learning their secrets and gets more and more powerful until he's literally like knocking over gods and drinking their wine and freaking heaven (laughs) stealing
4: the peaches of immortality yes and and being so audacious that the jade emperor grants the monkey a uh what is it like a a a godly station i think it was like the the tender of the stables or something like that
3: yeah they put him in charge of sweeping up magic horse poop yep pretty much immortal horse poop that pissed him off, and then Buddha put a mountain on top of him. It's a it's a good thing. I, yes, I, there's okay. some great movies on Netflix uh, that are super ridiculous, but you know,
2: that, it that, sounds that really ridiculous.
5: Yeah.
1: Anyways, what? that was this is the Cradle series by Will Light. It's very good if you, um, but if you're expecting great literature, it's not there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go next uh, just to counter uh, Rachel's uh, somewhat unknown pick although I, man those books are really well reviewed on Goodreads this like that first one has like 12,000 reviews and it's at like four almost four and a half stars
1: yeah um, the last uh, the underlord which is the sixth book was my best reviewed like best the highest star book I read last year
5: mmm
3: nice so I read uh, dr. sleep by Stephen King mm. I I am uh, it, the picking the just the I'm just gonna review Stephen King from now on. Just all the Stephen King stuff.
5: Just <laughs> constantly Stephen King. Uh, welcome not, back to
3: our I Stephen know. King podcast,
4: <laughs> the King Cast.
1: And then in October you'll do somebody else. That's right.
3: Well, I'll do his non-horror work. Uh, I'll just read <laughs> The Green Mile every year or something.
1: Uh, <laughs> or the Dark Tower series, which I think is the his fantasy, only fantasy series.
3: Uh, no, this is actually pretty fantasy. Dr. Sleep. So, Dr. Sleep is the sequel to The Shining. Um, he, the, uh, I listened to the audiobook, so Stephen King actually comes on at the beginning to let you know that, like, hey, this is a sequel to The Shining, but it's the sequel to my Shining, not that other Shining. Not the movie. Right, yeah,
5: not the movie. Wasn't this,
3: like, a response to the movie, in a way? I mean, or he does not like the movie I know, that, yes, yeah.
1: Was it written after the movie?
3: Yeah, yeah, this is a very recent book, like a couple of years ago it came out, I think. Maybe last year.
0: I think it was last year.
3: I know the movie came out last year, Doctor oh. Sleep, the movie. Never
0: mind, I have no idea that. Yeah,
3: with, with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I didn't see it.
2: I think, Nick, you saw it? No, but um, my my other co-hosts, Adam oh. and Nico, talked about it. I was going to say, I,
3: I think I, I thought I remember listening to some other Too Many Thoughts Media podcast talk about the movie.
2: Yeah, they yeah. talked about it and they, I believe they did not like it.
1: What movie? I blinked out for a second. Dr. Sleep. Oh.
2: Sleepy Doctor. The movie based on the <laughs> book that was a sequel in response to the movie that was based on the book that the author didn't like. Hold on.
0: Hold on. I gotta <clears throat> draw a map of that. <laughs> the doctor
2: you don't want. Sleepy Doctor.
1: <laughs> it's weird. It's just, he fell asleep
0: oh. during the open heart
4: surgery. Take off oh, your God, mask and horrifying. go to bed, sleepy doctor.
1: There's also the TV series that I thought it was go- of Doctor Sleep, but it's not Doctor Sleep. It's The um, Outsider.
3: The Outsider? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I reviewed The oh, uh, Outsider that. on this podcast.
1: Yeah, that's how I knew it. it was. I was like, oh, I I saw this. I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. That's why this sounds familiar.
3: Yeah, I haven't watched the last episode, but uh, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, examination and directed by uh, that guy from Arrested Development so any all of that is unrelated to the book that I'm talking about with Sleepy Doctor Dr. <laughs> uh, so yeah so it follows the kid from The Shining I don't know, do you guys know the setup for The Shining should I go through that or should, have, can we assume people know what The Shining is about
0: maybe I th- just I've, a quick touch up yeah Okay. For the I've, so, fans. Never seen, <clears throat> I've never I, seen The Shining I know that Shining. here's
3: Johnny yeah
4: that's the part so we're, not, we're not supposed to. That's not the same. That's Kubrick. Kubrick.
3: <laughs> so, uh, The Shining is about a kid named Dan who, or Danny, whose dad gets a job at a, a hotel um, where he's going to be the sort of off-season caretaker for the place, um, and so that he can write his novel while he's working at the hotel. Uh, Dan is a special little kid because he's got the shining basically has psychic powers. He can read minds sometimes. He can uh, see uh, odd ghosty things. Uh, And he is pretty, pretty, like, super strong uh, in his thing. And uh, the problem with that is that uh, the Overlook Hotel where Danny's dad gets a job is super haunted. Like, the most haunted evil place you could ever think of. Uh, And Dan and his family are kind of tormented by these ghosts and apparitions and eventually it drives uh, his dad insane and his dad tries to kill him and his mom and they're rescued by uh, the cook of the Overlook Hotel who is also a little bit psychic Uh, and uh, they manage to get away but yeah a little bit of shining Um, so they manage to get away and the dad ultimately is killed and the Overlook burns down uh, so, uh, the, um, uh, Dr. Sleep picks up with Danny in like the first two thirds of the novel, I was, I was actually surprised cause you know, uh, all the commercials that I saw for the movie seems to give you the idea that it's like a very action oriented film. That's kind of a, a bit of a horror chase to it with these, this weird lady with a top hat who's after a psychic little girl. And, uh, Danny is supposed to like save him, but that is like the last third, maybe even like the last quarter of the book. And the majority of the book is really just telling the story of Dan and like what happened to him after the hotel. And um, I really enjoyed it because it, it, you know, the all the psychic and ghost stuff is kind of secondary to, and this is Stephen King, so he puts a lot of himself into it. Uh, so, you know, it's about alcoholism. Really I was going to say, so the kid's are drunk. Else. Yeah, so his father was a drunk. Um, he, you know, as you get kind of glimpses of his younger life, he, you know, he's trying his best to, not to be a drunk, but eventually because of the sort of stress of what happened to him as a kid and the fact that the ghosts of the Overlook did not go away when the Overlook burned down they kind of follow him around through his life Um, and uh, he eventually starts drinking he becomes a drug addict and uh, that's really like the first chapter Uh, and the rest of the book is about his recovery so he like gets into AA he finds a a job as a uh, an orderly at a a hospice uh, location where they care for The elderly who are you know not likely to survive very much longer and who need care as they you know transition to the afterlife so to speak Uh, and that's kind of like where he gets the nickname Dr. Sleep uh, because Danny is very good at uh, helping people cross over uh, essentially at the point of death Um, and his life like kind of goes uninterrupted uh, for of any like adventurous or action oriented plot for the majority of the book. And it's really this kind of like connection that he shares with another person with psychic powers, um, who, uh, is this little girl, um, who, you know, of course everybody lives in new England because it's Stephen King. So, uh, yeah. So Abra stone is her name and, uh, she is like even more powerful than Danny and she's able to like communicate with him psychically, like almost from birth. Uh, And so uh, he has this kind of odd uh, occasional relationship uh, with this burgeoning psychic girl. And uh, the the, the kind of opening story is just this really nice human story about him getting his life with every once in a while, Abra kind of like pokes her head in and kind of psychically observes him um, as she's growing up. Uh, and then in the end, the, the last bit is about them encountering these people called the true not, who are these like, uh, traveling vampires, essentially. Uh, They're, (laughs) they're like psychic vampires who feed on the shining that, uh, Danny and, and Abra have, uh, and, uh, you get their history because kind of like as Danny and Abra are, uh, going through their life from the eighties when Danny was a little kid, all the way up to the present, you're also seeing some of the things that happened to the true knot um, and, uh, what's going on with them, uh, which is, they mostly, uh, is, ha- are used by King to kind of tie the story into major, like historical events. Between the '80s and now, because um, not that the True Knot are like responsible, but they are—they're psychic vampires. So, like when there are moments of great tragedy, like 9/11 or the Oklahoma City bombing, these guys are like hanging out in the area, just sort of sucking up the despair. Um,
4: can you can you spell that for me? True Knot.
3: Uh, True Knot with a
4: K. Okay, like two words, like the knot that is true, the True Knot. Yes. Okay.
3: I
0: was wondering uh, the same thing. I feel better yeah. now.
4: What did you guys think it was? N-O-T. I wasn't sure. I, well, I thought that it was probably
2: what you said.
0: K-N-A-U-G-H-T. I <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: I,
2: it's... I was picturing, like, astronaut. <laughs> the true knot.
1: Oh, Actually, I was picturing the, the villains from Miss Pettigrew's Home for Killer Children.
3: Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Like um, the they are these sort of like twisted versions of what Danny and Abra are. Whereas Danny and Abra, for the most part, use their powers for good. These guys have like converted themselves into something not human, uh, in the best way that you know King describes such things. Like uh, the the main villain, ha, ha, like her defining characteristic is that every once in a while she has a single tooth. She has like one really big tooth that he's always talking about. What? Uh, that's that's not normal. Those are
0: the the important details we.
3: It's it. like it the tooth you? the tooth that comes out when she's hungry and she wants to eat.
0: Oh right. Oh, I do Weird. have one of
3: those. That is normal.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. See, I'm just picturing. I thought of, at first I was just picturing like all the te- all your teeth are just like melted into one tooth. I I
3: still don't know. Like uh, he he describes it several times, and I still (laughs) can't picture how someone has just one awful tooth. But just the phrase "one awful tooth" is really good. So
1: (laughs) it's a spike coming. It's a tooth coming out from the palate. (laughs) That's that's horrifying.
3: Not my. Makes me think of uh, uh, the, the unicorn whales. What are those called? Narwhals. Narwhals. narwhals, yeah, Because nar- narwhals don't have a horn; it's actually a tusk that grows through the top of their palate <laughs> yeah. out the of teeth. their mouths.
1: Rodents' teeth are ever-growing, yep. so if they don't, so if they don't um, uh, gnaw them down, they can grow through their skull.
2: Yeah. Oh. Hey, welcome to Teeth Facts, the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good I name, had, actually. I, I I had to know this from my vertebrate biology class.
5: Now we all just know it. I feel like
4: everyone should know that because it's awesome.
1: <laughs> By awesome, do you mean terrifying and yes. nightmare fuel? <laughs> yes, if you I have mean a both rodent, of those things. Make sure the rodent is gnawing down its teeth.
3: Yes. I'll well, that's go... why you got to give hamsters like stuff to chew on, right?
1: Yeah. Is that why my dog? Yes, I did not realize they
4: chew on you.
1: <laughs> no, that is not why your dog chews on top of that stuff. Oh, damn it! Um, your dog is not a rodent. The <laughs> dog is an asshole.
3: <laughs> so I, I like this quite a bit. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Stephen King's recent stuff. Um, I, I thought this was really good. I like that, like it didn't dwell on the supernatural stuff, and instead was really more like a look at at uh, Danny, the kid, growing up to be a, a person, uh, like a fully fledged out person. Are you glad so, that uh, it
4: taught you the lessons of alcoholism?
3: yeah I'm pretty used to that with Stephen King's stuff like (laughs) he wrote a very odd novel called uh, Duma Key which I really liked a lot but I've tried to get other people to read it and I don't think I've ever found another person (laughs) who liked Duma Key it's a very long novel that just does not have a normal plot structure and it's about alcoholism and somebody with a traumatic brain injury the way uh, Stephen King you know had after his car accident so question Mm -hmm.
1: does it have a stephen king ending
3: well i would say that stephen king has turned his endings around somewhat since uh the days of like it and um the stand and those kinds of kind of weaker ending novels um everything after mr mercedes has been pretty good so um maybe even before that like uh uh, although man under the dome had such a terrible ending and uh but like the cell from back in 2003 I think had a pretty good ending so this one uh, I think is pretty good has a has a pretty good ending it's not um it's it's pretty clear right from the beginning that like the um, if you if you had seen the movie this the shining which is this very sort of it's a movie like about a descent. It is constantly going down. It's it has a tragic ending. It's scary. This is not anything like that. Like it is, um, much more uplifting. It's about people finding, um, themselves, finding, uh, a way to recover, you know, after, and, and that's why I, I chose it for this one because Danny's character is just totally lost in the beginning of the novel. And, 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 uh, it's kind of through his willingness to like accept help from other people that he able, is able to like build a life again even when it seems like there's you know a lot of somewhat good reasons for him to just let himself fall apart but um, instead the novel is pretty uplifting and um like the I think like the most interesting part is like what what he does with abra stone who's the kind of primary female protagonist um, and that there are plenty of places through the, the novel where she is so powerful that she seems kind of scary and you realize that like oh this is a 12 year old girl with obscene amounts of power and you have to be kind of nervous that she, you know is she going to use it the right way and he doesn't really answer that question because at the end of the novel um, she's you Know, I guess spoilers a little bit, but she's still a 12 year old girl, so
1: <gasps> every time you say Abra Stone, I keep thinking abracadabra.
3: Yeah, me too. That is that has to be an intentional, it must be a yeah. uh, bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's just I can't stop it. It's like Abra Stone, abracadabra,
4: Abracadabra. <laughs> so you so read that Sleepy was, Doctor,
3: yeah. <laughs> that was Dr. Sleep, yep, by Stephen King,
1: by King Stephen. <laughs> Kingly
3: Steve
4: <laughs> Alright uh, Who's next? Katie, who you wanna You, you or me, let's fight
0: Alright, put up your dukes <sighs>
4: my, duke, my dukes are up, they come pre up These
2: D- dukes?
0: N- no Nick, no
2: No? No No, No, oh, Nick
0: okay. We're about to engage in a round of fisticuffs
2: My oh,
4: fisticuffs, this is your fight. fisticuffs
0: <laughs> Alright, I'll go next
4: <laughs> Okay
0: <laughs> I won You won <laughs> Um, Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I did the last unicorn by Peter S. Beagle. Oh, not Peter S. Schaefer.
4: <laughs> That's not my middle <laughs> initial. I know it's A. It is. So,
0: <laughs> so this is a book. Um, a unicorn in her wood, you know, like her little forest. She, she's just. Going about her life, and one day there's these hunters in her forest, and they're talking about how, oh, a unicorn must live here, and then what the other guy's like, There are no such things as unicorns. They're all gone. They don't exist anymore. And after that, the unicorn is just like I can't be the last one. I can't there has to be more somewhere. They're just they're just gone. They're missing. So She decides to leave the forest that she's always lived in to go and confirm or, you know, prove herself wrong that she is the last unicorn. Uh, So I watched the movie as a kid. Like, it was a huge
1: part of my childhood, I guess. Um, Same. I watched the (laughs) beat. VHS version that yes. always had the preview for Black Cauldron
0: in front of me. Yes, and I've never seen the Black Cauldron until I got Disney Plus.
1: <laughs> so I feel a little complete now. See, that's how that's why I missed it. I thought I saw the Black Cauldron, but I've only seen the previews for the Black Cauldron <laughs> before watching the Last Unicorn on VHS.
0: And well. You'll be happy to know that the movie sticks pretty closely to the novel, because as I was reading, I could hear the lines being spoken. Like, the the butterfly, um, a lot of Molly Gru's lines are the same, Um, and of course, the band America played all of the
1: songs for the movie, so. Honestly, the only thing I remember is them running into the ocean. All right, spoilers. No, I'm just well, I didn't say how they ran into the ocean or oh, so why they ran into the Presumably ocean. Presumably on
2: their feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, on their hands. <laughs> That'd be a twist.
0: Whoa. No, unicorns so- actually have cloven hooves. Fun fact. I
1: wasn't. It's not spoilers if it's out of context.
0: <laughs> but a lot of the book, they spend a lot of time like wondering about reality. And, like, the unicorn, she's like, Oh, I'm the only thing that's real, because I can't die. And the prince in the book, he's like, Am I real? Has, is all of this real? Because everything that he knew has disappeared. And it's just, it's really a wild ride, and it's pretty, like, meta, because they often talk about how, like, Oh, well, this is how stories go, so we have to do this. And that happens just so much in the book,
1: and it. it so it's very I just,
4: self-aware. Yeah. Interesting.
1: It kind of reminds me of the, like the final quest of the Blood and Wine DLC of Witcher Three. When um, there is a magic storybook that is used as a prison that runs through all the fairy tales, but everyone's aware that they're fairy tales and they don't exist. Oh wow.
2: Is this the second month in a row that you've referenced Blood and Wine from The Witcher? I, yes. <laughs> Was the other
0: one where he got high on mushrooms?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. We must to the a great bl- game. The Blood and Wine expansion is better I is my favorite because it adds a lot. <laughs>
2: it's better than the game.
1: Yes. It has color. <laughs> it has Anyways, shrooms. It does. So,
0: like one of the Like one of the main, like fairy tale. uh, Let me. Are you having trouble wording? I'm having trouble wording. Sorry, guys. Um, It's okay. Like one of the main one of the main tropes that they talk about is how the prince Prince Lear, he has to go off on adventures and perform great feats to win the heart of the lady Amalthea. Because heroic deeds by princes make women swoon, but she oh, yeah. just she just doesn't give a shit about all of the <laughs> bloody dragon heads he brings her, and he is just so confused and well, lost because he just he doesn't know how to show his affections for her. It sounds and like they-
4: a cat. I just keep bringing them these these you know bloody dragons, but they don't care. Why don't they understand? What
0: they- love well, me. <laughs> Speaking of cats, there is a cat who speaks, but never answers questions, and at one point he's like, um, Molly, she asks, like, why can't you just tell me what I need to know? And he's like, but I am a cat, and no cat anywhere ever gave anyone a straight answer. That is a
1: direct quote for you. Except
4: for that straight answer then and
2: there. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. It kind of reminds me of Mogget from Lyria, uh, the Save series, because Mogget's just an asshole who's a <laughs> cat.
0: Does he knock glasses off of counters? Don't. No. He's also like wild magic, so. No. <laughs> oh, sounds like a fun ride. <laughs> so I really enjoyed like the references to these stereotypes, like the the hero who performs the deeds for the princess and, uh, just, and, blah.
4: It reminds me (laughs) a little bit of, uh, uh, Patricia C. Reed's, uh, princess series. Um, I think the first one was called Calling on Dragons, and they're great, like, young adult books maybe i mean i would i still love them at this age but uh but they have a a similar like the the princess runs away from home because she's expected to uh, uh, fit into a certain princess stereotype and then instead she ends up going and applying for a position as the princess that that belongs to a dragon because dragons collect princesses um, but ends up basically instead of being a, a, a layabout who doesn't you know who just hangs out in the cave she like reorganizes the treasure chamber and uh, learns dragon magic and uh, and uh, uncovers a, a pol- you know a, a political plot among dragons. Um, you know and there's just the, they talk about the, the the fairy tale storybook assumptions and how she's she just is so sick of that and it, there's no time for it she'd rather do something useful
0: yeah they kind of touch on that here cuz the the sorcerer the schmendrick the magician peter what does schmendrick mean in german
4: i don't know
0: Oh, sorry. It basically just means Idiot the Magician. Really? (laughs) Yeah. His name is Idiot the Magician. Um, And he's not a very good magician, but he tries. And he's like, well, if I were a magician of, you know, great stories, I would be able to do this and this. And so he he knows that he's inadequate, but he still tries. That just, that kind of reminded me of what you were just talking about with your princess?
4: Sure. You sure Schmendrick is German?
0: I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Words. Schmendrick. Activate the
4: internet. Oh, it's
1: Yiddish. Sorry.
4: I was gonna say, it sounds like Yiddish.
1: Mm, Clicky, clacky, typey type.
3: Mystery solved.
1: (laughs) Clicky. Clicky, clacky.
3: Clicky yes. No, no, I don't like it.
4: You don't like people saying clicky clicky daggy tag. No. Oh, okay.
0: Should we get Peter's pat? To Peter lotha <laughs> <laughs> pop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Peter <but, but.
0: laughs> <laughs> rubba.
3: Hey, are you okay?
0: I had a glass of wine yesterday, and I still feel it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I did. I think have, it's the effect. I think it's the stir crazy with children.
0: Yeah, that might be it. But I did have a glass of wine yesterday, and it was awful.
2: I'm sorry. (laughs) The wine or the glass?
0: The wine. Okay. The glass was fine. I mean, it 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 held my liquid as it was supposed to. Oh, well, that's good. Success.
1: (laughs) Holding liquid. Glass
4: achieved.
0: (laughs) I'm much more. I'm much better at just dicking around than reviewing books. I'm sorry, guys.
4: I I kind of think that's our raison d'être here.
1: I don't think listen, we, I don't. Everyone's do stuck at
2: home, and they're going to listen anyways. We have the <laughs> listeners trapped. Yes, all <laughs> seven <laughs> of them.
1: <laughs> it's okay, guys. We won't. The, we're all f- hundreds of miles apart from each other.
4: That's right. Well, yes, we cannot give each other disease.
1: <laughs> no,
0: podcasting is canceled because the coronavirus. I saw the tweet. <laughs>
2: Sorry about that. I had to. <laughs> I showed
0: it to my husband, and he was like, "What?" Is this is this real? I was just like, I I I don't think so. I hope not
1: at least.
2: To be be clear, when I posted that, I did not run that by anybody.
1: I knew it was you, Nick. I hundred percent knew it was you.
2: Like I, nobody else involved on Too Many Thoughts was. I like, oh, maybe I should talk to them about this. No, I just did it. I thought it was funny. You monster. Uh
3: (laughs) I just heard from the king of podcasting. You guys, (laughs) podcasts (laughs) are over.
1: But, anyways, on a serious note, coronavirus is very serious. Wash your hands,
3: and
4: wash but, the hands of the person next to you.
1: But then don't touch, don't touch your face.
4: And don't you touch this, the face of the person next to you.
1: This is gonna come out in like two months, you guys. Yes, it is. <laughs> we can edit it out if coronavirus is still if it's not a thing anymore.
3: It probably will still be a thing. Yeah. That would be great if it wasn't. I f- want to go to Norway in August, so.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed uh, to go to Ireland in July, so. Oh.
3: Uh, well, I'm supposed
0: I to go suppose to the art. grocery store later, so.
3: Oh, uh. <laughs> <Well>, I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed sorry. to go to Chicago
1: <laughs> in October. Yeah, you're fine. You'd
3: probably be all right.
4: I mean, assuming Chicago is still there.
1: Yeah, oh my my, com- my conference in Louisiana got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, callback
0: to the Divergent series. It takes place in Chicago. So yep. Chicago
3: is still there. Like a busted Chicago.
0: Yep. Yeah.
3: Oh, so Chicago's not still there. no. Jokes on them, it was busted to begin with. <laughs>
5: oh oh. No,
1: like I think there's a scene where they climb on the Ferris wheel. I yep. think there's a Ferris wheel.
3: Oh, like a Navy Pier? Yeah. <laughs> That's really depressing if Navy Pier survives. <laughs> All right, Uh, Katie, what was your book?
0: I read The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle. It was very short, only 250 pages, and it was good. If you like quirky kind of meta books, you will enjoy it. And unicorns.
4: Oh yes, and especially if you like <laughs> books that have movies that you can watch and graphic novels that you can read of the same story.
1: <gasps> graphic novels.
4: I, oh yes. I'm assu-
1: I'm assuming Last Unicorn will make its way onto the the, the podcast at some point.
4: Probably. I did check it's not on Disney Plus.
0: It's not on Disney Plus, it's not on YouTube. You can only get it on
1: HBO, I think. Hobo? Yes, the Hobo. <laughs> mm
4: hmm.
1: I think I still have the H- the VHS tape. <laughs> Great.
4: <laughs> you can just send that around.
1: I'll send it to Katie who I think has a working VHS player. I do. I do have a VHS player. It's okay.
4: in my well,
0: garage I... in a filing cabinet.
4: And we'll all meet well, at I'll... Katie's house.
0: Yes. Yes.
5: I'll <laughs> so bring snacks.
0: <laughs> bring snacks. I'll make lasagna. We're good. <laughs>
3: I love this. Let's do this. <laughs> F-bomb con.
0: Also, I have bunk beds, so we are prepared for this. Oh my God.
2: I call top bunk.
0: <laughs> I call the floor? I call
2: bottom bunk right under Peter. Yeah.
5: <laughs> oh my gosh. This is um.
3: Guess, <laughs> Gusam uh Sleeping in the car. I don't know.
5: You can, you, you I can, also you have a bedroom in
0: the, in the basement with a queen size bed. So you can I call oh, the I'll bed. Take, I'll take a bed <laughs> And then I also I I have, have like six couches. I'll I call take the a fifth couch. It's
3: couch. <laughs> <laughs> a long. good book title, The Fifth Couch. <laughs> hmm. Okay.
5: Yeah. Peter.
3: Who's left? Peter. Peter. Oh, it's Please review a book. All
4: right. This is a book pr- probably everybody has read, so it's it. Uh, but this just leapt out at me when it came time to connect the theme with a book. This is uh, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman.
0: Never read it. Oh, Nope. nope.
4: Um, I love it. It is, yeah, well, I do too. It's one, of, it's one of my, I don't know, it's one of my favorite books. It's definitely up there. I've read it several times. I have read it to people. Uh, it's, it's one of those books that I, I wanted to read to somebody for at least a decade before I got to because before I found somebody who was interested in listening because it has so many interesting characters whose voices I want to do um, <laughs> but uh, the the premise is you have a, a very boring uh, British man I think technically Scottish I'm not entirely sure um, named Richard Mayhew uh, Oh, that
0: sounds Scottish yeah <laughs>
4: Um, who is, uh, just, you know, works, I'm not even sure if it's ever clear what his job is, but if it, if it is, it's something boring like accountancy. Um.
1: He's like that one character in, um, Good Omens, the witch hunter character that I forgot his name. Oh, Newt. Yeah.
4: Newton Pulsifer.
3: Kind of somewhat, yeah.
4: Um. But, right, so it's just like a very boring guy who is kind of going through the motions in his life and things are fine. Um, And he never really takes a chance on anything. And then he stumbles upon, I think maybe literally, uh, a young woman who seems to be like dying in the street, bloody, and he just, like, decides to involve himself and help her. Um, and he, uh, she can't go to a hospital for dramatic reasons because she says so. And so he just takes her back to his flat and, and tends her until she has recovered a bit. Um, and this, this act of, of reaching out... Um, of taking that step outside of comfortable normalcy has uh, placed him outside of our normal world. It's like um, it's like there's a whole world of uh, mystical, uh, strange, magical stuff going on beneath London, which is where the story takes place, or beneath and around London. Uh, that we never see because it's it's all the people and things that have kind of slipped through the cracks over the years Uh, and so by involving himself he has joined them and now he can't fit in his normal life um every everybody just kind of like stops noticing him or starts forgetting him like he comes back to his apartment one day and, and the the landlord is uh, or he is showing it to some new couple because he just kind of forgot he was leasing it to, to Richard. Um, and uh, so despite wanting very much to, to just stay safe and comfortable, um, having, having stuck his neck out this one time, he's forced to kind of uh, join this young woman on her adventure and try to help her And explore all of these bizarre, freaky things um, that are going on uh, to run away from a pair of truly creepy, like uh, assassins that appear to have killed people from all across time um, and uh, weird threats and dangers. Many of which I think make are, are, well make a little more sense or are a little more um, instantly engaging if you know London, which I don't, um, because there are thing. I think a lot of them are based off of like uh, 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 tube station stops. Like there's Knightsbridge, um, which you know they say early on in the book to Richard, oh, we have to go across Knightsbridge, and he's like okay we're just we're gonna cross a bridge and like oh no you don't just no it's just it's knight's bridge just be careful um and i think like everything goes dark as you walk across and you have to be very quiet or something takes you for example um and i think there's a tube stop called hammersmith and they go and they meet like the hammersmith who is a giant smith um You know, so very like things that make uh, have a little more resonance if you're a Londoner. But other than that, um, it's still an amazing adventure, incredibly inventive, uh, creative with characters that I just like good guys, bad guys, people who are kind of flip floppy in the middle. And I just love spending time with all of them. Um, uh, The, 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 those two like, main villains vandemar and croup are just burned <laughs> into my brain and they're they are uh just wonderful um you know if i'd thought ahead a little bit more i would have had a copy of the book here to read you the the introduction the descriptive introduction of them um because it's, it's tremendous. I just, unfortunately, I can't, I couldn't do it justice without literally quoting it. Um, it fits in. It has a lot
3: of uh, yeah. influence, like, from, it seems like, from Terry Pratchett, because, it you know, I think it came after Pratchett and Gaiman uh, wrote Good Omens together. Did it?
4: That I'm not sure of. Um, it, the, uh,
1: Good Omens came out in
4: 1990. Okay. That only, that. That almost helps because I, I don't recall when Neverwhere came out. Um, I, I believe Neverwhere was a radio drama first, um, and I think
3: it it, yeah. it has a long, g- great history of adaptations. Yeah, uh,
4: um, it's also been a, a like a, a BBC miniseries or something like that. But my favorite form just, is, is the book. It's
3: pretty good, but but yeah, the book the book is great. That there's a graphic novel that oh. DC put out that's pretty spectacular. Oh, that's great!
4: I should sh- I should uh, hunt that down. But, According uh, to uh, yeah. a
0: Google, it came out in
4: 1996. Wow. Okay, that's later than I thought. It's
1: it's older than me. <clears throat> that's not
4: much. hard. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, so, so it's it's great And the main character spends much of the book Feeling completely out of his depths uh, In over his head Because everything, nothing works the way he thinks it should Or he thinks it does uh, And he's just constantly Floundering And that's why it fits the theme for this month
1: Uh, So I'm going to connect this to uh, Ancient Meg is bright again The world feels similar to that Dan, back me up on this I don't know, <laughs> I haven't read the book
3: <laughs> so, um, so not quite as um, like full of monsters and things. They're, they're mostly the underworld is populated by regular humans, um, you know, but there are like magical things about it. Like I mean, it is more like a troll market than anything else. I think.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a, like a lot of there. You know, there are a lot of people, but they're strange people, and they're they have mm. weird abilities or they're dangerous in some fashion
1: um uh, yeah uh, yeah kind of uh, uh mm. we're, <laughs> we're yay okay. i'm well, spreading
5: there's <laughs> a lot of emotions well, I'm tr- in that trying
1: trying to connect it because there's also the um the Peter Grant series, which takes place in London, where Peter learns uh, magic and it opens an entire world. Like the river goddess, goddesses and all like the like fleet um, is a river, underground river in London.
4: Wait, was that, is that the, I think I'm confusing it with a different series. There's a series um, where there's a constable in London who. Uh,
1: is, yes, it's by Ben um, Aronovich.
4: Is that, is that the one you're talking about?
1: Yeah, PC uh, Peter Grant.
4: Okay, yeah, great. I, I think I read the first couple of those. Those were fun. Yeah,
1: um, I got sad at the end of book four.
4: <laughs> no, well, don't don't spoil it. I'm I'm not caught up, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think it probably has some similar. Um, I think there's some similarity there. Just Neverwhere is a little bit more like chaotic and uh, uh, like the rules are far more esoteric, right? Because in the the PC, what'd you say, PC Peter Grant uh, series, then um, it feels like the rules of magic have a bit more...
1: uh, Grounding.
4: Yeah, rules. They have more rules.
1: Yeah. uh, PC Peter Grant's more Dresden type of magic, I would say. Yeah, it feels
4: more Harry Dresden.
1: They actually make a reference reference to Dresden Files, I think. Not Files. Dresden series.
4: That I don't know.
1: Um, They talk about, like, they get beer, Max Beer.
4: Oh. Um, Oh, that's funny.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, this American beer. Why does it taste so good? Or something like that. I don't (laughs) know. Uh, Um,
3: Yeah. There's something kind of distinctly modern about Neverwhere, though. You know, like... Dresden and and those kind of urban fantasies they always feel like there is a ancient world that is kind of attached to ours but that it maintains its its oldness you know like the all the all the old rules are there but yeah, nowhere is yeah, is really saying. like it like it's evolved out of the modern life and it's been shaped by that modern life more than a, a vestige of the old world that's still around. You know, I, like I,
1: the fair.
4: Yeah, I know. I think like, you're right. I think it's a really good um, insight because I think uh, Neverwhere, like it, like it feels like it's constantly like this. This under, underground London feels like it's constantly like recycling lost parts of of modern life, and it's been doing that for a thousand years. So there are, like ancient things sitting right next to. Uh, uh modern things like i think for for example at one point we stumble into like a duke's court and and the duke is a really old guy who's really forgetful i think like his whole court is a bunch of really old people um and they're you know standing there his guards whole you know have halberds and and he has You know ceremonial armor and he has a jester who's who's doing your typical fool jokes but at the same time they're like oh yes let us let us offer our friends a drink um and they bring out like a can of warm coca-cola and pour it into a (laughs) goblet um and and the whole court is within like an abandoned train car instead of like a castle somewhere uh, you know, uh, sorry, an abandoned subway car in a lost corner of the tube. Um, so, yeah, it's this real, like, mixing of old and new and, and like, taking on and integrating of of the cast-offs from today or from 24 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: That's always yeah, really I, neat. 23 years ago. I <laughs> Fine. I was going add adding one to my age. <laughs> No, it's 24. I can't math. That's
4: <laughs> okay. You're, you're, you're in neurology. You don't need to add.
1: <laughs> Urology? <I> st- <laughs> yeah, okay. No, Uro- no. <laughs> Just accept it. <laughs> Urology's a real thing, I, Peter. I said
4: neurology.
1: Okay. Which... I am not in neurology, oh. but thank you for... The...
4: I'm, I'm fine. It's She's okay. in one of those ologies. I don't know. You're, you study stuff. You... She's
1: a
0: stuffologist
1: It's computer human
4: interaction
1: Close (laughs) But uh, close Cybernetics No
3: (laughs) You're making a Cold Stone
5: Yes I'm making Cold
3: Stone (laughs) Cold Stone
2: Creamery or the Gargoyle Both
4: It's both somehow (laughs)
3: Integrated
0: (laughs) Doesn't matter I want ice cream
4: So uh (laughs) <laughs> so, Neverwhere is very good. I love it. I will endlessly recommend it. It's by Neil Gaiman, and uh, uh, personally, I, I think it's way better than. Uh, uh, oh shoot! What's that? Other Star, Star. Stardust. Wait, what was that?
0: Stardust. The other
4: Stardust. Yeah, I think it's way better than Stardust, which felt to me like the same, the same story repeated with less interesting anything.
0: I love the movie. I love the movie too. Oh, it's so cute. And it's got that guy who plays that other guy in that new TV show that's not that new anymore, that's got canceled already Daredevil. (sighs) I made it
2: Wow that was um, A lot of nothing <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you managed to You managed to say A little with a lot
0: that, I'm good at that Which is usually The opposite
2: <laughs> Of what you want
3: to do She got there at the end The guy from <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways
1: Me and my roommate Likes to watch We like to watch um, Stardust And especially like uh, The sword dancing scene
2: Yeah I, I agree with everything That you guys have said For the past like Ten minutes So Perfect well, Most Here. of
1: that was me Babbling for about seven <laughs>
0: trying to get that one what? sentence out. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> but uh, he agrees with that words. bad line. Blah,
0: blah, 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 blah. Blah,
4: blah.
0: blah, I love uh, what's his name? Robert De Niro in that
5: movie.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. He's, uh, he's a just a gem.
5: It, yeah, that's a bizarre
0: it,
2: freaking role <laughs> for him.
0: Isn't um Robert Williams in the movie too? No. But about- Ricky Gervais is Gerv- Gervais
4: Ricky Gervais? Uh, yeah. Mm.
1: Okay. Anyways, this, uh, should we wrap this up?
4: We should.
1: We've been very rambly. I don't know how much is going to get cut, but we've been very rambly.
3: <laughs> 30%. So so next next uh, month we are doing uh, LBGT Plus theme for Pride Month, uh, which is June of uh, this year. So uh, sh- in for that cuz i keep saying strap in I
0: don't know I that. <laughs> very strap yeah. something
3: just lots of strap pull that strap tighter just yeah. tightening gotta, it gotta put a rubber band on my wrist or something
0: <laughs> yes strap in like banging
3: <laughs> so
4: is that is that uh, like banging uh, katie
1: like banging oh
4: good like banging <laughs>
1: anyways th- this has been the fantasy book of the month podcast I've been Rachel you have I. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at on Twitter or Instagram at at Argent uh, you can also please like uh, not like <laughs> um, this is not YouTube please uh, give us a review um, of things you like things you didn't like um, and also please send Katie all the pictures of bookshelves bookshelves <laughs> I've been joined with Peter Schaefer. Hello. Where they could where can they find you, Peter?
4: I'm right here. anytime you want. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Shoeless Pete or uh PASHaefer.com or Shoeless dot com where uh like the name suggests I design games.
1: I uh Nick Evangelista? Hey, you did it. Oh I'm not Nick. Yeah, got I'm not it. Nick.
2: Yeah.
1: Hi, she got got it.
2: Uh, Yeah, you know I'm Nick. You can find me in the toilet paper aisle, waiting to just (laughs) buy up everything in sight.
1: All these jokes are so going to be so uh, aged. (laughs) Oh, I know it's great, isn't it?
4: I'm not looking to last forever. Oh my gosh. My shelf life is very short. (laughs) Like toilet paper.
2: My toilet paper is very short.
5: Give the
1: links. (laughs) Give the links, (laughs) Nick.
2: You can find me at Tacky Slacks on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and other places, I think. And where do they email us? Um, You can email us at too media at gmail.com. We
1: we have a specific channel in the Discord where they get placed so we can all read them and enjoy them
4: (laughs) or yell at them. Bookshelves. (laughs) (laughs)
0: bookshelves
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes
3: send photos of your bookshelves <sighs> I'm
1: uh, Dan Evanson
3: uh, yeah I'm Dan Evanson you can find myself at danielevinson.com uh, please uh, come over to nostalgia.plus if you'd like to listen to our other podcasts we're gonna maybe record another episode tonight I expect that episode to be very silly
5: oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs>
1: And the finally, the gremlin, Katie Willis. Whoa, wait, gremlin!
5: <laughs>
0: Don't feed me after midnight unless it's ice cream.
5: Ooh.
0: Um, you can find me on Twitter at Shimmy Books. Nope, there's no S at the end. At Shimmy Book. Um, send me your honestly. What? I thought you said at shit books. No, Shimmy Book. Oh goodness, Nick. Make like it banging. Pretty. Like banging. Um... <laughs> At Shimmy Book, uh, send me pictures of your bookshelves on there. Uh, yes.
2: And if you made it this far into the podcast, tweet at us hashtag Like Banging. <laughs>
1: <laughs> tweet at all five of us plus at uh, Too Many Thoughts in the Media.
4: And that'll just that'll be a whole tweet right there. You're out of characters,
0: okay. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sticking around this long, guys
3: and keep reading yes thank you very I, much i ended the podcast i ended it you did
0: yes signing off
3: <laughs> goodbye <laughs>